Hello everyone, this is Teresa Hegel, an executive editor at ASI. I'm joined by Richard Montañez, the Vice President of Multicultural Sales and Community Activation for PepsiCo North America, and the inventor of the Flaming Hot Cheeto. Richard is a speaker at our Motivational Breakfast at ASI's Fort Worth show in February. Thanks for joining us, Richard. Oh, my pleasure. Excited to be with you guys. So, you know, first off, you've said that you have a PhD in being poor, hungry, and determined. Can you tell us what you mean by that and, and how your background has shaped your success? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I never really had a formal education, and uh, I quit school at a very young age and could barely read and write. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was then. Today I read a, I read a book a week, and I've been uh, reading books for, you know, 30 years, right. so I have a, I have an elaborate uh, uh, library. But, you know, when I just think, thinking about, you know, having a formal education and, you know, so many times people say you need this to be uh, successful. And I agree, you, you need education, mm -hmm. whether it's formal or not. I, you know, you, we can argue that, but everyone does need a education. And I just believe that, you know, um, you know, being poor, Mm -hmm. uh, to me, this is to me, I'm not speaking for anyone else, I speak to myself, um, was a blessing because I found that there was so much wisdom in being poor. Because there was, there was things that you had to do uh, to survive. Such as? And, you know, and, and, you know, some of the things that I had to do to survive, I never would have had those opportunities had I not been poor. Right. And then the the other thing, you know, you know, being poor and and you know, when you're hungry, I've always said this: that hunger is something that beats fear. You know, if you're hungry for to achieve something, the fear will leave. And then I believe that, you know, determination, being, you know, determined, it's the beginning of innovation. Right. When you have a when you have an idea, you know, you've got to be determined that you're going to see that idea through. So that's why I said I have a PhD. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that's great. And you know, like you said, obviously, when you were very young, you know, you you couldn't read or write, but you've you know spent all this time, and and now you read. Now you you've become so successful. Um, but you know, you come from from humble beginnings. Um, so you know, back when you were a janitor at Frito Lay, you invented the flaming hot Cheetos. So can you tell us about how, how you came up with that idea, and then were able to get it noticed by by the CEO? Well, yeah, there's a couple of things that I say that I've learned, um, you know, that uh, one of them is you've, you've heard so many quotes where people say certain things, and, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I, I disagree with those quotes, even though they sound good, they're not, you know, they're not good. You know, someone says you get promoted by who you know, right? and that's not true. You get promoted by who knows you. I can say I know the CEO all I want, but if the CEO doesn't know me, it doesn't matter. Right. But, you know, one of the things that you want to do is, is you, you want to get known. So even as a janitor, I said to myself that I was going to be the world's greatest janitor. And people kind of laughed at that, whatever. But in, in my heart, I believe I'm going to do, I'm going to make these floors shine and people are going to notice. And guess what? People started asking questions, you know, hey, who cleaned the restroom, you know? Things were changing. You know, who cleaned the lunchroom? That was my job. Right. Who cleaned the, who, who cleaned my office? And said, well, that new guy, the new janitor. So people were saying, what's his name? You know, uh, and, and then, you know, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, I, I say that uh, 
every you know innovator leader, you must be a visionary. What is a visionary? A visionary is somebody who can see things that other people can't. And you know, there it was. I, I one day I just saw. I looked at a chilo and I thought to myself, "What would happen if I put chili on a chilo?" It was as simple as that. So when I teach innovation, obviously one of the questions you need to ask first is, "What if? What if we do this? What if we do that?" You know, regardless of how ridiculous it may sound, because at the time it really sounded ridiculous. You got to remember, I I did this before. You know, any Latino products were popular. Right, right. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm not into titles or anything, but Telemundo gave me a title years ago that I'm proud about. They called me the godfather of Hispanic branding. Okay. And somebody said, somebody said, well, why are you the godfather? I say it quick. I said, because I was first. Yeah. I, I did all this when it wasn't popular. You know, because, right. uh, you know, there's things, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool now. It's kind of, I mean, we still have a long way to go when it comes to diversity especially for the Latinos, you know, right. and most of it is immigration. But, you know, if you go back to, you know, my generation, you know, I went through all that. There was no bilingual classes. If I wanted my license, I needed no English. You know, there was no help in that, in that way. So um, that's kind of, you know, how I got the idea for Hot Cheetos. And then not knowing the rules. And I think sometimes you have to be careful when you know the rules. Right. Is, you know, I didn't know anything about protocol. Mm -hmm. so, so I broke protocol. And I called the CEO. Never been done before, ever. Mm -hmm. You know, and the CEO, well, first of all, his admin was a visionary because she took the call and she put the call through. Right, it could have just and, ended right there. Yeah, like, who do you think you are or whatever? And uh, put the call through, got on the line with the CEO, um, began to, you know, pitch my idea. And, and people say, well, how did you pitch it? Now, I, I pitched it the way I've always done anything. You know, I, I learned my speaking skills at the dinner table, talking to my grandma, my mom, my grandpa, you know, your family, just learning right there. And, you know, it teaches you something. So, you know, I'm going to sell this idea, you know, the only way I know how is let's just pretend we're having dinner and we're just talking, having a good time. And he loved it. Yeah. He said, I'll be there in two weeks. And he brought everybody, chief marketing officer, chief financial officer, human resources, everyone. You know, this was a long time ago. You know, so um, anybody who was anybody in the company within a you know, 500-mile radius needed to be there, and they were. Very intimidating that day. Yeah, I bet. Um. So what are what are some of the lessons that you hope other business leaders take away from from your story? Well, I, I always teach this is that as a leader, you have to have the ability to see the unseen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've told thousands of my employees that work for me, like, you know, don't bring me ideas that everyone can see. Bring me ideas no one has seen. Tap into the unseen and let's bring it into the scene and make it a reality. So leaders have to definitely be visionaries. You know, they have to, you know, be able to see the things that other people can't see. And it's not, and it's not so much about even directing anymore. You know, when I grew up in corporate America, I understand this, a long time ago, it was when corporate America was a command and control. Mm -hmm. I, I command and I control. I, I didn't hire you to do anything. I hired you to do what I tell you to do. 
Well, those days are long gone. I mean, there's still some companies and some CEOs that want to act like that, but, you know, they're, they're not going to survive. And, and sometimes when you see some of these big companies that are going under, which is sad, I hate this. Ever hear of anybody, big or small, going under. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you have to look at the leader. You know, it's, it's, it's too late. You know, your idea is too late. I'm a visionary. And here's what I teach other leaders. As visionaries, you know, one of our problems that we have is that we're usually five to ten years ahead of everyone else. What we're talking about today, um, it'll come to pass. Everyone will jump on board five, ten years from now. So in the meantime, we're trying to sell these things that no one else can see, right. unless you're another visionary. And, you know, that's what a CEO has to do. It's not so much direct, you know, who does what, who does this. It's just, you know, where are the ideas? Where are they coming from? You know, I need more ideas to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, that's why you're you're seeing so many new companies pop up, and so many you know old big companies are slowly dying out. I mean, they're monsters, you know, as far as how big they are, but little by little, they're dying out because they've run out of ideas. They're mm-hmm. no longer visionaries. And if you do some research into, I'm not going to name those, but if you do some research into some of these big companies, you look at their founders. The founders were like me, poor, hungry, and determined. And they were visionaries. They brought things into, you know, uh, into the scene world. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I did. Okay. Um, so going back to uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos, you know, they, they seem to have like almost a cult-like following now. I mean, like a few years ago, Katy Perry dressed up as a Flaming Hot Cheeto for Halloween. Uh, people who use them to garnish drinks or dress turkeys. You know, they're on, in memes all over the place online. And I know there's even a movie in the works about, you know, your story of inventing them. Why do you think that this product is still so resonant today? Like, do you, did you ever expect it to become this popular? Yes, I did. That was actually the goal. You know, I mean, I hope the movie that you know will portray that part of the story. But you know, when people ask me why why I uh, created Hot Cheetos, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I, I saw something that would sell. But the main thing was uh, uh, was more about culture. Yeah, I just thought, you know, being Latino, I just thought, well, you know what? If people can taste and see how good my culture is. Maybe, just maybe, they'll see how good our culture is. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll begin to accept us. That was the main goal. And I think, you know, it, you know, one of the reasons that it is so iconic, you know, I, ha- I have on my social media, on my Instagram, I'm private. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is so interesting is even though I'm private, I have people who have millions of followers who follow me. Right. Because they get my, my daily quotes and they just love the fact that, you know, um, I created Hot Cheetos. But the other thing, too, is, you know, Hot Cheetos is one of those ideas that was an overcoming idea. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a lot to overcome, but also it's, it's a product that was created by somebody in the hood. It's yeah. a hood product. It's a hood product. And every, everybody wants to be tied into the hood. Everybody right. wants to, you know, I mean, and I think once they realize um, you know who created it. Even uh, it even gets more publicity. You yeah. know, it, it was. I, I love all these people that follow and eat hot Cheetos. But the truth is, it was big before they even tried it. Right. You know. So, um, but that I think that's the the main reason that it, it's a hood product created by someone in the hood, and 
Every, you know, there's such, there's so much culture. If you look at our culture today, you know, it all started in the hood. You know, well, mm-hmm. today's culture. Right. Whether, whether, you know, it is fashion, whether it's hip hop, whether it's food, whether it's cars, exotic or low riders, it all comes from the hood. But I've always said this, good things come from the hood. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no shame in that. That's where I come from. That's what yeah. I am. You know, I'm probably the only vice president in the country that has tattoos all over his body. You know, and I love that. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of that. That's awesome. Um, and, I, you know, I guess you can't also discount the fact that they taste good. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. You know, everybody yeah. loves spices, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everybody lo- and, and, and then, too, I love the fact that I, I knew that uh, mm-hmm. I, I knew that it was going to be the first Latino product. and But I also knew that it had crossover power. Right. And I would, I would, and people say, how did you know that? You know, this is why I say this. You know, I, I will tell people, and I say this humbly, you know, I'm probably the most uneducated, brilliant person you've ever met. <laughs> and I say that humbly, you yeah. know, because there was no schooling, but I know that I'm brilliant because I've created so many other businesses. Yeah. You know, some of my brands are over a billion dollars, you know, a year. Right. Um, I have one brand that's fake, coming up on a $2 billion a year uh, number, but you know, um, who's counting? Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so I knew that it was going to be a crossover, you know, product, and and, uh, and how did I know that? And I said, well, you know, I just started looking at, uh, you know, at food. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, everybody likes tacos, everybody right. likes burritos, right? Everybody likes cookies, everybody likes, you know. So I knew that, you know, at the at the first, though, I had to start in my own culture. Yeah. And, you know, and we launched, you know, this off in small markets in East L.A. You know, uh, are you familiar with the L.A. area? Not not really, only from, like, probably TV shows, but. Well, there, there, there's, a, there's a part in uh, a little community in East L.A. that's called Boyle Heights. Okay. And I would say, you know, if you're, you know, from this area and you know Boyle Heights, it's like being from New York and you're saying, you know, you're from the Bronx. Okay. You know, I, I don't say they're compared to say, I'm just saying, you know, people would know, like, oh, you're from Boyle Heights, so you know, it gives you a little uh, cultural juice, so to speak. Right. Okay, so you know what we went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I launched it off in Boyle Heights, and next thing you know, it's just about in every country in the world. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so, you know, and I understand, you know, obviously you've, you've made it big, you, you had this position, but I understand that giving back is very important to you. So what are some of the ways that you do that today and, and why is it so important to do that? Well, I, I can tell you why it's so important because, uh, you know, I tell people like this, is, you know, um, one day uh, I went to bed and I couldn't pay for anything. Next day, I woke up. I could buy just about anything. Yeah. So I knew there was a reason for that. I knew that it was just more than having a big house, fancy cars, or doing what I, I I knew it was more than that. You know, and it goes back to my childhood. You know, it was a, you know, we were on welfare. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, in those days, they didn't give you food stamps. They actually gave you food, and we would, you know. Um, every Tuesday or every other Tuesday we'd go and pick it up and I'd go with my mom and, you know, and take, you know, my wagon and they'd give us, you know, um, meat and cans and cheese and whatever. Right. 
Right. And, 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 you know, this was a long time ago, and it was always done so disrespectful. You know, the food was thrown at you, like, you know, you're dirt, so you deserve nothing but dirt. And, you know, it, it didn't bother me, but I saw that it bothered my mom and, of mm-hmm. course, my sisters. You know, it was harder yeah. for my sister. Yeah. You know, and I just thought, you know, I'd walk away. And I, and I just thought, you know what, someday I'm going to feed kids, and I'm going to do it with respect. Right. You know, and, you know, I'm going to make it honorable with dignity. I didn't know what I was talking about. It's just that, you know. So later, you know, as I was, you know, moving up and my bank account, you know, just grew overnight. I just saw there it is. You know, my one one of my passions was I wanted to feed. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feed families. And, you know, so I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, we feed hundreds of thousands of families every year. We buy oh, maybe about 50,000 pairs of new shoes. We give them to kids that uh, can't afford them brand new. Um, you know, we have rallies. Uh, we have about five rallies uh, a year. We'll, you know, we just feed everybody lunch. And when they're done, we send them home with a box of groceries. And like I said, every kid gets a brand new pair of shoes. Uh, during, uh, during back to school, we give them a backpack full of school supplies. Uh, we do, we give away sports equipment, bicycles. Uh, it, it's just, when people say, well, can you describe it? And I say, it's like going to Disneyland and everything is free. <laughs> That's awesome. And we, we do it with such dignity. We, we, when they walk in, when we open it, 5,000 people show up. Yeah. So when they walk in, you know, we greet them with cheers and, you know, like cheerleaders. And we're like, hey, we're so happy that you're here, you know, and, uh, and this is what I tell young people. I said, you know, my, uh, I, I know that my purpose, you know, and and my goals, my purpose was always to, was never to become wealthy. My purpose was to help poor families. Yeah. But it, it, but it just so happened to fulfill my purpose. Guess what? I needed to have wealth. <laughs> Right. So the wealth came. So the wealth came. And that's why I tell, I teach young people, you know what? Uh, some of the young people tell me, well, I want to go start another nonprofit. And I say, we don't need another nonprofit. What we need you to go out and become a banker, become a star, an entrepreneur, become a millionaire, and write the checks to the existing nonprofits that we have. Mm, that makes sense. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know go, go do what you can do first, then come back. Had I would have concentrated on just feeding poor people, I'd be working at whatever, the food stamp place, and not doing anything other than passing out government-issued things. Well, what I do has nothing to do with the government. This is on my dime. Mm-hmm. What I'm proud to say is we don't take collections. We pay for it out of our own pocket. It's our way. Of, it's, it's the Montañez way of giving back. And somebody says, why do you do that? My favorite line is because I can. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to talk with us today, Richard. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. I will see you soon, Anna. All right.